All right, here we are, kicking off 2019 with the Coast to Coast Combat Hour, first fights of the year. UFC's in Brooklyn on ESPN Plus, uh, their first ESPN Plus event. I'm here with Matt Hawkins. What's up, Matt? Welcome back to uh, some active fights. I know. It's been a struggle the last couple of weeks. We got so high off of the uh, UFC uh, 232, Ryzen, all that uh, craziness, and uh seems like we've been... Uh, starving the last couple of weeks but uh like you yeah. said we get kicked off uh with the first espn espn plus card uh this weekend in, in brooklyn your, your neck of the woods yeah and here's the great part and just for folks listening i'm uh fighting off a cold so if I, I i clear my throat and make a lot of old man dad noises i apologize in advance um <clears throat> but the thing is the thing about that is so you know how i feel about i'm set up on this podcast how i feel about MMA at Barclays and how I always feel like it's Kurt cursed snake bit and anything like that. So we're getting hit with uh, not, not one, but two storms the weekend of, uh, of, uh, of this uh, event, UFC Brooklyn, I guess we're calling it UFC Brooklyn ESPN fight night. I have no idea what they're, how they're numbering it now, but so the first storm supposed to come tonight into tomorrow. Uh, and then we get a break, and then the, and then late Friday night into Saturday through Sunday is the other storm. So I don't know how uh, bad it's gonna be because obviously they never know until they until it actually hits. But uh, like New Jersey right now is made of salt because they salted the whole state in preparation for it, and uh, that's that's partly why I'm sick because obviously there's the it's 20 degrees every morning and and dry and and windy out, but um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. Uh, so far, so good. The fighters seem like they're all right. Yeah, they love coming to your part of town when it's uh, <laughs> when it's iceberg out. I I noticed that. Um, but yeah, so you know, you've you've stated your uh, your I guess the word would be hatred for the decision <laughs> for uh, the UFC to to not not necessarily to move to ESPN, but this whole ESPN Plus thing and the yeah. additional additional monthly charge of, uh, you know, it is only five bucks, but, um, for people that are uh, living on a standard budget, a, a, an additional streaming service is, is obviously not the uh, most ideal situation. Yeah. Um, one of the interesting things that has come about because of this, uh, ESPN deal is the, the bout card order. Um, mm -hmm. we were talking before we came on air, you got guys like Belial Muhammad, uh, 14 and two, um, you know, uh, arguably one of the better Walter weights in the UFC division, uh, basically on what is equivalent to a fight pass prelim, uh, on the second fight of the card. Um, got guys like Donald Cerrone, uh, who's basically would be the, the new Fox sports one, you know, main event. <laughs> and now yeah. it's ESPN. Um, and then you got guys like Greg Hardy who, uh, have three MMA fights and about, you know, a minute and a half of cage time. Uh, technically listed as the co-main event, so yeah, kind of weird. Mean, kind of weird how that unfolds. I'd be curious. Yeah, to see I, I honestly, yeah, I'd be curious to see, even if they if they report good numbers though. And I was talking about this on Twitter with somebody. Even if they report good numbers for subscribership, it's obviously going to be people jumping in on the on that week free trial. It's the second numbers that I think are going to be more telling of how successful this is. Whatever the next ESPN Plus event is, because people will jump in. This is 
the the main event, I mean the the main card, it's a six fight main card. You know, most pay per views are five, <clears throat> but with this one, obviously, uh, you know, people will either tune in to watch Greg Hardy knock someone out or get knocked out. Um, and then obviously you have uh, Paige Van Zandt, Rachel Ostovich, which is uh, the flyweight fight that that's. I mean, I, I'm actually really interested in it because I think they're sort of evenly matched. And then, um, you know, the main event obviously with uh, Cejudo and Dillashaw, champ versus champ, and it seems like that is going to determine the uh, the fate of the flyweight division depending on who wins. So, um, but I feel like they're just putting all these 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 cards that you would expect on 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 like pay-per-views and the main broadcast it seems like they're they're plugging in in the ESPN plus portions to make people sign up i don't know what is what you think but that's how i'm feeling as i see the look at the entire card yeah i think that that's part of the deal i think ESPN probably has a little bit more say than maybe uh fox did i, I think fox um during their what was it 6 or 7 year uh, run with the UFC really dropped the ball um, and not necessarily was because of what they, maybe they didn't have the power to do it. It seems like ESPN's kind of uh, when they signed up for the deal, they got a little bit more uh, power to pick who they want on the cards. Um, just looking ahead, you know, for instance, we get Cain Velasquez and uh, just some of the, other, some of the bigger names. Um, what's the event? Uh, oh, we're hearing rumors of uh, Gagey and Barboza, uh, and, and so on and so on of some bigger name guys that, you know, I think it's going to really end up hurting the, the pay-per-view model. Um, and I think we're going to end up getting closer to the boxing model, which it's been working its way to, mm -hmm. but I think it's going to be few and far between where we get the UFC, uh, you know, three, two thirty two style, um, two twenty six. some of the, you know, I think it's going to be about every six or seven events. You're going to get that, that mega card now, as opposed to what we had gotten used to, early on it being almost every event and then settling for about every third event. I think we're going to about every fifth or sixth, seventh event. Now we're going to start seeing the, the mega, the mega must buy cards. And I think, so I think that'll affect pay-per-view buys. I don't think the viewing numbers are going to be great for ESPN. Um, at least not for ESPN plus. Um, like you said, you got the free trial, but it still requires people to put in a credit card. Yeah. You know, that, that, that eliminates anybody under the age of 18. Um, you know, a lot of college kids don't have the extra money who sit around and were watching it, you know, uh, through Fox Sports or however they were, heck, they were watching it. That's another streaming service and, and price cost for them. Um, anybody yeah. say, you know, any of the older crowd who's not necessarily into the streaming scene yet, um, you know, I, I, my uncles, my, my relatives and stuff who would watch stuff that was on, you know, Fox over the years or on Spike or on Versus or uh, whatever the, the, you know, NBC Sports, CBS Sports, um, whenever they had it on there, they would watch that. They're not going to go the route of the streaming. Um, they don't have any reason to. There's enough sports uh, across the, the board uh, available through through basic cable. Did you, um, did you find that that like you just mentioned people that that they're not going to go that route? Do you find that or has anyone uh, said to you like this week? Uh, like my training partner said to me, they didn't even know it was on ESPN. They were all thinking it was still on Fox. Like, did you find people just unaware of the change? I haven't even had anybody really bring it up to me. You know what I mean? It's it's uh, there's just not a lot of a buzz behind it. I mean, I think people got kind of used to. You know, I think people have gotten used to there being an event almost every weekend, so it just doesn't it doesn't get brought up like it, it would have in the past. And mm. 
you know, I mean, other than my, my close little group of fight friends that, you know, watch the fights and attend the events, there's not really, you know, there's definitely not a buzz. You don't really get that. I don't even get that buzz for pay-per-views anymore. You know, I don't have that, that off person who used to always ask me about an event asking about him anymore. So I think there's, I think there's as many fight fans now as there's ever been. I just think that it's, uh, I think people just forget about fights. And, and if you miss this one, what's the big deal? There's another event next week. I think yeah. that that's kind of, kind of the thing, you know, it's, it's become, instead of it being the Super Bowl, um, it's become a regular season baseball game, you know, <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Where there's a in yeah. uh, baseball, there's 162 regular season games. If you miss a game, it's not like you, you don't miss anything, you know, and even the NFL. I mean, almost every game means something in the NFL, but there's still 16 regular season games. If you miss a week, it's not like you, you missed out on, on knowing what's going to happen the rest of the season. Um, whereas the fight world used to kind of be like that. If you missed an event, there wasn't another one for three months. You kind of fell out the loop quickly. Um, who won this? It wasn't as easy to find the fight news. Um, whereas now anybody who misses this come Wednesday or so of next week can probably go on Twitter and see, see video clips of just about any fight they want to find and, uh, and, and get cut back caught up without, without it really affecting them. So I don't know. I don't think we'll ever know the true numbers of ESPN. Um, I don't think we ever get a true number of these streaming systems. No, uh, at least not yet, uh, because maybe it's not completely mainstream enough. Uh, but I don't know how you would ever really. I don't. I just don't think we're ever going to hear anything. I think the reality is, if it gets more than you know, it seems like a small number. But if you told me there was over a hundred thousand viewers, I would be completely blown away. And and in a, you know the the Fox, I, I expect the regular ESPN event probably to get somewhere in the neighborhood of two to two million maybe may you know but that's that's for the middle card so let's say the main card was on espn i'd expect two two and a half million especially for the debut mm. um and, and it being a, a champion versus champion fight but um i just don't so, see the numbers being huge in any way do you think the uh do you think because of the main events this uh champ versus champ it's a it's a it's a bantamweight versus a flyweight i know bantamweights haven't suffered the 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 whatever the make, made up flyweight division unpopular to folks. But do you think the fact that the, it's for Cejudo's belt, um, you know, do you, the fact that, uh, cause I know Cejudo said it, it's his belt up for grabs, not Dillashaw's. Um, do you think it has something to do with the fact that the flyweight is just attached to, to the main event? Well, I don't, I, I mean, I've been pretty vocal about not being a huge fan of the, the, the flyweight division. And that doesn't mean that there aren't some really good fighters and some really good fights. It's just historically, they, they're just, I just, they're a little too small for me, I, but I enjoy the Bantamweight class. So I guess it's kind of weird. I don't know if it's just, maybe there's a longer history of the Bantamweights going back to the dominant cruises and Uriah Faber. So I have a little bit more of a, of a, uh, affection, I guess, for that weight class, knowing mm. that there's, you know, such a history there, but, um, I don't know. I, I just, I feel like that the you know the UFC really hasn't done much promotion for this. I, I just I you know we said it when Sehudo beat uh, Demetrius Johnson that you kind of had a guy that you had an Olympic gold medalist. I know he promotes the hell out of himself saying that, but yeah. we don't really you know I just it seems weird to me that we're not seeing commercials on on ESPN, you know, really focusing on that. You know, really a uh, uh, you know I I feel like we used to get the you know like those old boxing 
previews or something where it was kind of like, you know, the dark screen zoomed in and all of a sudden you had the, the guy standing there in the shadow. And, you know, you kind of got that little hype video. Yeah. Uh, and, and I just don't feel like we really get anything like that anymore. They're also um, do, they're also doing it on the weekend of a pay-per-view that has Manny Pacquiao's name attached to it against Adrian Broner. So I'm wondering if, if that's going to... Uh, I don't know if that's something that they, they could have planned around or not, but I feel like, uh, again... This is me being my superstitious Barclays self, but uh, I just feel like, you know, the planning anytime they try to do something. Thank God so far nothing crazy has happened with the fighters on the card, though. Um, but again, the 208 wasn't – nothing crazy happened. It was just a, a, a boring-ass card. So I, I think – I mean, I, I you know, the card on paper, there's some bigger names. Yeah. Um, there's some – potential really exciting fights so i don't think that that's going to be a problem i think it's going to be a good night of fights yeah I think it's going to be a good night of entertainment so god, well, god forbid something like crazy happening like a bus incident or anything yeah. any, of that, <laughs> any of that nonsense yeah. but i just feel like that um I, I just don't know if the numbers are going to be there i i and i think that dana white will use that against uh tj and uh and and say yeah um down the line i think if tj wins uh he'll be a double champion and at that point he'll be trying to really push his brand and i think the ufc can always fire back and go hey well you only had thirty-six thousand views on on espn plus and i've seen the same thing can go with sehudo sehudo could win potentially position himself to for a big push and they can use that same argument so i just don't think this is going to be a case where you're going to get a million viewers and you're not going to get a it's not going to be something where everybody's going to wake up on Sunday morning and and, and it be the talk of the town. Did you um did you watch the press conference today? I caught small glimpses of it. I, I didn't um a busy day at work, so I didn't really catch much of that. And uh, I mean, there it really it was kind of it it was neither here nor there. I mean, Sehuda was was a little forced in his trash talk, and um uh, Hernandez tried to to talk up because it was Hernandez and Cerrone and Sehuda and Dillashaw. And Dana White and um, you know Hernandez, Hernandez and, and tried to get in uh, Cerrone's head with some trash talk, but Cerrone just kind of wasn't having it. Uh, you know, he called him old, uh, things you expected. But um, the only one thing uh, that stood out to me watching it, because I watched the whole thing, was that um, even though Dillashaw spoke and acted all right, I mean, he seemed really drained to me for the weight cut. He had on sunglasses. And um, I don't know if that was because of – I mean, it could have been those stage lights are very bright in those things, those press conferences, when, especially when they do them in these uh, these theaters and halls in New York City. But um, I don't know if he had the sunglasses on for that or if it was to hide the fact that his face was sunken. There were big, big pair of, like, Elvis Presley sunglasses. So um, I don't know, man. I mean, uh, talking about the, the great fights on the card, well, uh, what do you think, uh, like, the main event? I mean, who who do you have winning that? Uh, TJ, I've, yeah. you know, TJ is one of my more, uh, and again, this goes back to being kind of strange cause I'm not a huge, uh, 125 pound fan, but TJ is one of my favorite fighters currently mm-hmm. fighting. Um, maybe again, because I've seen him fight live and had some of his big fights against, uh, Garbrandt and, and even when he broke into the scene and, and, uh, KO'd Burrell the first time. Uh, so it, it was something where I've just kind of built up, a a, a, a fandom of, of watching him and, Kind of, kind of watching his career as he's as he's really developed, and I just think he's an exciting fighter. Um, I'm not sure how he wins it. Um, I want to say knockout, but mm-hmm. 
I, I don't know. I, I uh, part of me thinks that he's just going to use his length and his size and kind of kind of box it out and and do his you know kind of kickboxing, um, circling and and uh, and just end up winning a decision. Um, I don't think I'd be surprised if Sehudo can take him down. I'd be surprised if Sehudo can hurt him on the feet. I don't yeah. really see any way that Henry Henry can uh, can do do damage to him. Um, so I think it really comes down to how much TJ wants to push the pace um, as far as, you know, that would be, in my opinion, the only way he'd open up a door for Cejudo is if he got aggressive and, and walked into some big punch that, that really changed the, the pace of the fight. Yeah, I mean, um, even though I said he looked like he was drained or whatever, I can't argue the the reach advantage and um, obviously training under Ludwig. I feel like uh, his knowledge of how to work angles in the striking game can um I feel like he can uh outmaneuver Henry Cejudo's drive for for to you know to impose on his takedowns and um they actually brought that up in the press conference as far as wrestling and MMA wrestling and TJ TJ Dillashaw said his MMA wrestling is better you know his wrestling is better for MMA than Cejudo's overall wrestling I know he I know he's been in the Olympics and he he's got a gold medal but um it's not it's not an Olympic wrestling match. It's a, it's an MMA fight, and uh, I just think uh, the fact that um, the coachability of Dillashaw and the way he's evolved as as a fighter from being one of because I know he he was with Alpha Male and they were all kind of like molds of each other of Uriah Faber and he broke that mold and and you know he's teachable he's coachable and he's become like a complete fighter. So I'm 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 with you and. Uh, even though I think the wake up is probably hurting him right now, <clears throat> I think when he rehydrates on Saturday night, um, I'm pretty sure he, he he could probably tag up uh, Sehudo and either get a de- decision win or a TKO. So I'm with you on that one. But I mean, there's there's so many fights on the card uh, that that are, are standing out to me. The um, obviously the I don't know anything about this Alan Crowder guy that Greg Hardy's fighting. Do you? Not really. I think I've seen him fight. Uh, the name's familiar. But... I think he's nine and three. I think that's his record. Yeah, he's nine and three. Um, Hardy's three and zero. Oh. Um, I think Hardy will probably win. Um, I think his advantage uh, in a situation like this uh, over a guy maybe like Crowder is even though he doesn't have the experience in the cage, he has the experience under the bright lights, having been a former NFL player mm. um, and played in some really big big games. Um, so I just think that I, I think that that might help him out. I think that you know he's going to have the nerve, uh, the the you know the butterflies. I imagine the, the we always hear about the UFC jitters, but I figure you know um, some of these you know the guys that have come from the bigger bigger worlds. You know I think we heard um, Jack Hager talking about that a little bit um, during the Bellator press conference or yeah. uh, conference call this week about you know how, how it, it, it hopefully will help him. Um, having been in a ring surrounded by a lot of people, uh, even though it was pro wrestling. So I think that'll help Hardy. I expect Hardy probably to win by knockout again, though, his longest fights like a minute. So if, um, you know, it's, this might be one of those frustrating fights where you just kind of expect Crowder, if he can figure out a way to kind of game plan and stretch the fight out, it might be a case where we see Hardy gas out and, and, and kind of come to the reality of, of what it takes to become a cage fighter and, 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 and get beat at that point. But, um, I expect him to land something hard and heavy early and, and, and probably put Crowder down. I don't, I don't think the UFC would set him up in a, in a losing situation. 
Um, yeah, I mean that that that's that's kind of like a if that's where the UFC is going, it's kind of messed up that if they're gonna set fights up like that. But and um, obviously uh, with a nine and three record, Crowder's not an inexperienced fighter. Um, and with the, th- I mean we've had we've seen Hardy fight three fights, all by knockout in the first round. So right, they're all first rounders. Yeah. Okay. So. Um... I feel so, like one, one maybe went to the second round. No, I, I think each fight's been about a minute long. Um, okay, so I'm, I'm just glancing real quick at at at, um, at Crowder, and uh, he does have a win in the UFC already. Um, or I'm sorry, he doesn't. He lost to Justin Willis. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's nothing nothing bad, you know. There's nothing to be said. Willis is a pretty bad dude. He's fought in Bellator. Um, well, the point I'm know. trying to make is that given the 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 three fights Hardy's had that they've been short. If if Crowder's team and, and you know, if he's smart and his team is smart, they'll obviously try to make him fight longer, because obviously with big guys like that with their big muscles they get exhausted. So if if he can outlast, if he can get through the first round, he could probably he could probably expose some some holes in Hardy's game and maybe push him back down to the prelims. So I'm actually uh, predicting an upset, and uh, I'm going to say Crowder probably. I think Crowder can can take him into deep waters and, and surprise us. Yeah, just real quick, uh, uh, Hardy's fights, 57 seconds, 17 seconds, and 53 seconds. Yeah. So, so, if, so he go, if, if he's dumb enough to go toe-to-toe with him, obviously it's going to be 4-0. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I uh, I just, you know, I don't know. It would surprise me if the UFC would go through the hassle of bringing in Greg Hardy and then setting him up with somebody that they thought really could beat him. That doesn't mean Crowder can't win um, because it is a fight. But, yeah. Um, from a promotional standpoint, I would think it would be strange to, to. I think it's probably a favorable matchup. When when the fight starts, I have a feeling we're going to see that Hardy, even though maybe not the the refined MMA fighter, um, probably is the better athlete and and is able to to make it happen. Yeah, I mean, uh, we'll see. I mean, that that's one that I I think as somebody as fresh as Hardy, it's always up in the air. But uh, uh, Gregor Gillespie and Yancy Medeiros. I mean, Gillespie's a heavy favorite. On uh, um, and we're going down the main card, obviously the ESPN Plus card, card I might not even watch. But who do you have in that fight? Uh, I gotta go with Gillespie. Um, yeah, me too. I mean, Medeiros is a uh, is a is a real, you know, it brings a lot of action to the cage. Um, does better, and I mean, he didn't win this fight with Cowboy, but that's the kind of fights that I think he wants to be in. Uh, Gillespie has proven to be quite the the MMA wrestler. Um, being able to really control people in the cage, uh, which is why he's 12 and 0. Um, I have a feeling that uh, he, he's gonna. It's a three-round fight. I have a feeling that uh, he wins by TKO early in the third round. Yeah. No. I, I mean, I'm with you. Uh, I think Gillespie takes it as well. Um, the the fight before that uh, with Joseph Benavidez and Dustin Ortiz. The interesting thing is that's a, another flyweight uh, fight, and and uh, Benavidez just re-signed for four fights with the UFC. So maybe the flyweight division isn't as, is as deep in trouble as we think, but obviously they could just ask him to put on 10 pounds too. But um, anyway, Benavidez versus Ortiz, who you got? I got to go with Benavidez. Yeah. I mean, eventually his time's going to come. He's going to hit that, that age where he starts to really decline. But he's been around forever. Fought a who's who of the, you know, under 145-pound, you know, weight class it is... And um, I just, uh, you know, 
Ortiz is, is solid, but I just yeah. feel like that he's uh, he's one of those guys that when he starts competing against the top three or four of a division, um, I think he's just going to always have trouble. So I'll go with Benavidez. You know, it's flyweight fight. I'll go by decision. Yeah, me too. That's exactly how I see it going, actually. Um, and then obviously now this fight was the first fight that they announced for Brooklyn. I'm surprised they didn't bump it up higher on the card. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> somebody made a funny comment about about, you know, sign up for ESPN Plus, you horny bastards, to watch these two hot chicks fight. Um, Paige Van Zandt versus Rachel Ostovich. Obviously, I, I honestly, this is the, I, I think this fight could not only go the distance, but almost be uh, like a fight of the night material, only because, it, to me, they're evenly matched. Um, Ostovich has really good wrestling. Paige Van Zandt is super tough. Um, she's got really high output, but, she, I mean, obviously she's been an, inactive, too. Because she was dealing with the injury with her arm, but um, I mean both these. I mean, wi- women when they fight, I always find them to be more exciting than the guys a lot of the time. And these two are definitely uh, uh it's a good matchup. I'm surprised they're they're uh, the second fight on the main card. Yeah, I think it's a fun fight for the uh for the women's uh 125 pound <clears throat> weight class. Um, I think uh. I'm going to go with Paige. I, I think she catches a little bit of heat um, mm-hmm. for maybe the way she promotes herself. Yeah. Um, she is seven and four with those only losses uh, to Tisha Torres uh, from Invicta. And then in the UFC, she's only lost to Nama Yunes, Watterson and, uh, and Rose Clark, yeah. uh, all top, you know, five the champ. And then other, you know, top five, basically in that weight class. Yeah. Um, so I, I think she catches a little bit of heat, um, and and I think it's a lot of it comes from some people that just want to see the the pretty girl get her butt kicked, and, and don't want to give somebody another. You know, I mean, she's obviously famous. Yeah. She's pretty. Um, some people don't want to see people, you know, advance that way necessarily. But um, I have no problem. I I think she's fun to watch for the most part. I think she's a tough chick. Yeah. Um, she she seems to leave it in the cage. Yeah, Ostovich has had you know fought some good competition. Barb Hodcheck, uh, Andrea Lee, a couple of the people that have beaten her. She's four and four, um, but I, I just think Paige, uh, maybe by experience. I know it's only a few more fights. Um, well, and, he, and maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe Ostovich takes her down and and beats the hell out of her on the ground. But I just think Paige will figure out a way to win the fight. Yeah, I mean she's obviously. I mean uh, I spoke with uh, uh, Austin, her husband. Uh, like maybe last summer or summer before last um, when he fought for victory FC. And um, that was one of the comments I made to him was how tough she is um, because she's, she's, she won't, she won't tap from uh, obviously she's got to be uh, knocked out or choked out. You know what I mean? And um, she, she, uh, I don't know if Ostovich can do that. Ostovich has superior grappling and, and uh, Van Zandt has shown that she's, that's a hole in her game. So I think if she imposes her grappling, takes her down, and 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 works in a submission, that's her best chance to win. But I would, uh, I know uh, uh, Van Zant's also switched camps, and she's uh, her and uh, Chael have the same jiu-jitsu coach, Fabiano Scherner, uh, trains, helps her submission game. So I'm pretty sure that uh, we might see a, a different Van Zant. So I mean, so far you and I are kind of the same with our picks. Uh, I'm with you. I think Van Zant can pull off a. If anything, she can pull off a decision if she doesn't get to, uh, control on the ground. Exactly. If she keeps it standing, I think she wins the fight fairly easily. Oh, really quick, uh, on a side note, talking about Fabiano Scherner, 
we were t- last week's podcast. I said uh, Chael Sonnen was going to get his black belt, and then like that Friday, he got his black belt. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. It wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if we found out he went to to martial arts Martin picked it up off the shelf though. No, no, it's legit. <laughs> <laughs> it's legit. I know we're gonna we're gonna revisit all this when uh, when he gets ready to get beat by Tito again. But uh... oh god, all right. <laughs> all no, right. no. In all, all seriousness, though, uh, congratulations to Chael on 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 the black belt and um, for somebody who had a lot of trouble in his career. Uh, dealing with submission and even at times where he kind of bad mouthed the, the whole jujitsu world um, for him to embrace the, the embrace it. And, yeah. and, uh, and, and, you know, at an, at, a, at an older age, uh, especially in the sport to, uh, to reach that level uh, uh, good for him. Um, and uh, you know, if anything, I, I think that it'll help him uh, maybe when he leaves the MMA world and he, you know, with all this new grappling, stuff that's going on um yeah it'll probably help him get some some extra paychecks uh before he yeah. officially has to, to exit the the combat world altogether so congratulations to chael i know i give him a hard time but um that's mm. a that's that's quite the that's a great achievement you know yeah I can't, it is. Can't say anything bad about that it is uh and uh, the thing is the, the 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 first fight on the main card uh now we go back to the brooklyn card um Obviously, uh, Glover Teixeira is facing Carl Roberson, who's who's uh, filling in for I forget who his original opponent was, but obviously it was one of those one of those uh, fights that that they had to find a last minute opponent for. So, I mean, credit to guys that come in the last minute, but it's always kind of favors the guy that's that's been ready. So I don't see Glover losing in Brooklyn on Saturday. No, uh, Roberson is uh, is coming up for middleweight. Coming off a win at Marshman, uh, when I was out on your neck of the woods for uh, UFC 230, yeah. Card. He does only have one career loss, so he's he's obviously uh, he's obviously game at, at seven and one. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We're we're kind of at a weird situation. Glover's hasn't had the greatest run lately. He's kind of uh, rotated wins and losses. Uh, lost to Johnson, win against Canier, uh, lost to to Gustafson. Uh, beat Kirkunov, lost to Corey Anderson. Uh, three out of his last four fights have basically been canceled and or replacements. Uh, Latifi dropped out. Uh, Manua, Manua dropped out. Uh, this was supposed to be uh, Ian uh, Kudalaba, who he was supposed to fight. Um, so I don't know. I, I, you know, he's Glover's got some, uh, some mileage on him. Yeah. Um, I will pick him to win this fight. I think he'll be the bigger guy. Um, I think we might see some of his uh, wrestling, uh, the same kind of stuff he used to uh, defeat guys like um, uh, uh, Saint Prue. Uh, yeah. Submission, just you know, use his size and and uh, I think that's what we'll see. Um, at least I just kind of hope what I hope we see with him. Um, he uses a smart game plan and, and pulls out the win um, and, and sets himself up for at least another uh, big fight before uh, before his eventual, you know retirement at least from the ufc uh as far as being a contender uh at least uh you know glover i could see doing some doing some damage in a, in a company like bellator um for a few extra years if if there comes a time where he has to leave the ufc um with their lightweight heavyweight division i think he could uh he could shake it up quite a bit and put on some good fights with who they have there yeah no i i agree with you but uh again like usually when a, a last minute guy comes in 
it doesn't bode well for them. So uh, I, I think Glover can take that, that fight. But that's a lot of fights for a main card, man. And then, um, I don't know, I mean, really quick, just uh, I know it's 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 probably the, the portion of the event that more people are going to see, but like with uh, Cowboy and Hernandez, do you think Hernandez uh, might be too much for him at 155, or do you think Cowboy Cowboy has a renewed interest in competition? You know, uh, I mean, the odds makers have Hernandez about a two-to-one favorite. Um, a little less than that, I think, but uh, I don't know. I can't really pick against Cowboy. Um, it just feels wrong, really. I mean, the guy is, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? When somebody's left that much in the cage and put on that many good fights, um, it's hard to really doubt him. Um, Hernandez has had some good fights in the UFC. Um, never really fought anybody, uh, you know, with anywhere near the amount of uh, – experience that uh that uh that cowboy has um i'm gonna say cowboy takes him into deep water i kind of wish this was a five-round fight i think in a five-round fight cowboy uh really probably has an advantage um but uh, you know just because i won't pick against him let me say cerrone by uh i'll say late third round knockout yeah i mean i know hernandez is a younger guy he's looking he looks uh like he's physically stronger than Cerrone, but I mean, there's something about Cowboy at that press conference today. It was definitely out of an old like Wild West movie, like that master gunslinger. Like he didn't say much, and it was like one of those things like where the fact that he didn't say mu- say much made him more intimidating, in my opinion. Um, yeah, man, it's Cowboy, man. So, like you said, hard to pick against him, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if Hernandez can can pull off a lucky shot like kind of kind of like the way Darren Till did um when they fought at 170 but again I mean this is this ain't 170 this ain't Darren Till and it's 155 uh you know uh Cerrone made a really good point that when he before he left the division he was ranked number two so that means he'd beaten everybody that there was to beat before uh you know before he went up and uh that's that's kind of hard to ignore ignore so uh yeah I mean I'm hoping he wins I'll say that (laughs) I'm hoping he wins yeah, I mean, you know, he's he's had his good run at, at at 155. He's obviously been a completely different fighter than when he tried to fight the Robbie Lawlers and the and the Darren Tills of the world. Um, so uh, up there, so so you had mentioned uh, uh, the Bellator's uh, conference call with the Jake Hager, and obviously I know that's that's probably your most looking forward to event that we've got <laughs> coming up uh, next weekend. Um, Bellator, what's that? Two fourteen. Yes, Bellator 214. Uh, yeah. Fedor versus Ryan Bader. I mean, you just there's a couple quick little facts. So since I got the Fedor sweater and since we started this podcast, Fedor is undefeated. So <laughs> we can uh, we can we can we can ride that train hopefully at least for yeah. another uh, another fight. But um, definitely definitely for next week's uh, episode. <laughs> but uh, I mean, just I'm looking at all the stuff coming up. I mean, obviously we're back we're back in the swing of things. So between uh, we've got UFC Brooklyn and then next week, uh, actually that Thursday before is Karate Combat. And we actually have uh, after after this portion of the podcast, folks can listen to the interview with uh, El Haji Nadur, who's on the main card. Um, he's fighting on the on uh, the Hollywood Karate Combat Hollywood event uh, that's going to be on Fight Pass and Karate dot com and uh, uh, Pluto TV and a bunch of other places for free uh, with the exception of Fight Pass. But. You don't have to. You don't have to have a subscription. If you go to karate.com, you can watch that live. So isn't that nice of them? 
<laughs> it is in this world of taking yeah. money. It's it's nice to nice to get some free fights. But um, so yeah, so so you've got the interview uh, coming up uh, after this, um, and then uh, like you we, we yeah. talk about Bellator two fourteen next week. We'll have that preview, and then we will have another uh, guest from uh, from Karate Combat as well. So uh, thanks to the people at Karate Combat for for helping us uh, get some uh, names out here and helping promote their event. Garage. Um, so, so that'll be fun. Uh, until then, uh, fans can follow us at Combat Hour on Twitter, myself at MMA Hawk on Twitter and Instagram, and you can follow Ed at Carbizol on Twitter and at Carbizol on Instagram. Uh, definitely stay tuned for that interview. Um, until next week, Ed, I'll talk to you uh, and uh, survive that weather this weekend. Cool. I'll be lo- I'll be following you on Twitter for the main portion of ESPN Plus. <laughs> All right, uh, El Haji Nador, you're fighting January 24th at the Karate Combat event in Hollywood, California. Uh, January, uh, this that's a Thursday night of the coming week. So, uh, are you in California already? No, I'm. I'm still in New York, leaving on uh, Sunday night. Speaking of New York, I, I saw you. Uh, I saw your last fight when you fought at the um, in the uh, the World One World Trade Center. Uh, you had mentioned when you won the fight that uh, that you were you would like to fight for a title, and that's something that uh, Karate Combat has is definitely going to make a possibility this year. Um, did you already know back then, or is it something you're excited about now? Yeah, no, I didn't know about it uh, until they called me. You know, we we're going to give another fight. So, yeah. So, so the um, the matchmaking for Karate Combat, obviously, I know you're not. I know you're not fighting for a belt on Thursday, but um, uh, when you do fight uh, this season, obviously, if you pick up enough wins, do you know how it works uh, when they make the um, the the uh, challenger matches? Yeah, they they say for the race fault, I for the form belt, but I actually don't know uh, how it's going yet. You know, all I need to know, all I know is that uh, you know uh, who I'm gonna fight and why I'm gonna fight. So, uh, that's the most important thing. So I'm, I'm me focusing to each of my fight to one day. Yeah, the the fight you have coming up, uh, uh, Caleb Rob, right? Yes. Uh, so what do you know about him? I mean, it seems like a lot of guys come from Shotokan Karate, like yourself. But um, I mean, uh, you know, I know you're already a world champion in that, in competing in specifically in Shotokan. So do you know anything about your opponent that that uh, poses a threat to you? Well, I, I, I have watched him fight on WKF, and uh, he's a champion in WKF, the World Karate Federation. But all I all I have to do is this is, uh, this is uh, something a little bit different compared to WKF with Shotokan. So, yeah, I know he's a champion in WKF, but uh, with this, with this uh, full contact karate, I think I'm better than him. And, um... I, speaking of um, the full, the the different rule set, was it uh, something difficult to train for when you started fighting Karate Combat? I know uh, they had finalized the rules like after the Inception event, I think, not before the Miami one. Um, has how has you, how have you had to adjust your training to prepare for uh, fighting in Karate Combat? Each of my fight, I try to do better. I try to adapt to the rules because uh, I I had to fight in the first first very 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 first event in Budapest, and the rule was was 
close because I was new at it. We all were new at it, but uh, it took my fight. I tried, I just went up the road and fight that and I fight and I fought last time. So the pitch is different compared to the, the way we used to compete in the short kind of one championship or the WGA one championship. The pitch is it's unique. And, uh, and I'm adapting myself to uh, get used to the fight of the pitch. So, uh, the adjustment as far as like, like, um, cause you know, when people think of karate, uh, and, and competitive karate, they think about point fighting or what they see in the movies. Obviously, uh, what karate combat is doing, you know, takedowns are allowed. There's no submissions allowed, but, but like, did you find yourself having to train, uh, to avoid takedowns more or is it, is it more difficult than, uh, you know, like I know, I know it was foot sweeps and stuff like that are in karate, but. Obviously, uh, you know, uh, with the five-second rule on the ground, it, it can be a little rougher. Yeah, uh, because if if karate comes to you know you know make the rule like MMA is going to be used, MMA is not going to be karate combat anymore. You know what I'm saying? They yeah. have to do something kind of keep it like a just technique, like which is karate technique, not not like ground fighting. And, and the ground, if you can finish your opponent in five seconds, you know better. But uh, if 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 we had the karate uh, like a grand fighter, it's gonna be like the UFC or MMA. So yeah. that's, I think that's the reason why they just keep it on the simple karate, but then full contact because you you see a really good technique and with the kicks, the punches, and and sweep and stuff. Yeah, I mean, you guys definitely hit a lot harder than people expect. I mean, uh, the knockouts that that have happened in the in the 2018 season were obviously spectacular. The, the, there were highlight reels to follow every every day after the event. It was a highlight reel. So speaking of the the impact that you guys take, I know your 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 last fight in New York, you won. But so I, I'm assuming you came. You just you said you said you just got done with your medicals. Uh, were you injury free? I mean, I know you did interviews and stuff after, so you looked all right. I, I was at the event, so um, I'm sorry I didn't get to talk to you. But I, I, are you relatively healthy? Did you come out unscathed? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm healthy. I, I finish it all the time. I fight and I fight and finish it because uh, the karate is a lifestyle, you know. And finish it is not like you have fight. You have to, you know, you have to finish it. Life in general, you need to finish it. And any time fight happen because, uh, like, like when I grow up, I grow up as a fighter. I've been fighting in the street without of preparing that fight, you know, but I always give myself to stay in shape and ready to fight at any time. You can wake me up and, and I just you know, get up and, and fight. Give my best. So on on an average uh on an average training day when you're when you're not competing, like what what's your training schedule like? Is it twice a day? Do you do like morning and night or a few times a week? Yeah, yeah I I teach I teach a lot and uh teaching I learn a lot. Sometimes I during my classes, I jump on a class and, uh, you know, uh, and train with my, uh, I have a lot of black belt in my dojo, and I train with them, even giving a class, I jump in it and, uh, you know, do the class, and I do some personal training, too, myself, so, with uh, some help of my uh, my friends. So, you, uh, you, 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 uh, you're, you're teaching and training in New York? Say that again? You, you teach and train in New York City? Yeah, I teach in, uh, in Long Island. I have my own karate school called EGN International Karate Do, which is I, uh, I created in 2000, uh, 2015. Uh-huh. The, um... And, uh, we... 
Yeah, with my uh, with my fiance, and we have make uh, a lot of U.S. national champions, you know, and uh, we have we have uh, three three athletes that day on the team USA. So, oh, that's great. That's good. Uh, that's yeah. good to hear because you know you had mentioned UFC and MMA and the rules and stuff like that. With the the, the popularity of that sport, sometimes it seems, and and I know I've come across it because I I, I train Ishinru karate for. 11 years myself so every time i mention it um i do jujitsu now but when i mention it you know there's always a sneer or something from from a lot of the younger people that because obviously all they see on they see a lot of mma on regular tv and stuff like that so um but then karate combat came out and people are act like it's something brand new when it's something that's been around for for hundreds of years so how does it how do you handle it when you're when you're say like a new student walks into your school and, and you mentioned karate combat and, and your your discipline. Um, do you see a lot of that in, in uh, when you're teaching or talking to new students? Yeah, you know, every decade is uh, like a, a sport and everybody pay attention to it. And uh, a couple of years, uh, everybody talk about uh, MMA, UFC, MMA, UFC, and Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, but uh, now with karate combat, with this new leadership, bring back like back in the days because like, let's say 20 years ago, when you hear karate was like a big, big, big deal, you know? Yeah. Karate used to be very popular. And uh, and and then after, you know, the UFC take, take over with the MMA, Jiu-Jitsu, and all the stuff. But with the karate combat, he gave another image to karate, you know? And most people, they're interesting to, uh, to karate, look up to karate, and with, you know, with all these full contact uh who has done that karate, they, it's a little bit interesting to compare to karate before, you know? Yeah. Because even uh, Shotokan or WKF World Championship, is, you know, it's a semi-contact karate, and it's not interesting to, uh, you know, to get, get penalized because you hit too hard. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and still I'm, I'm, I'm training, you know, I'm doing the Olympic qualification, and uh, one week if I compete in the Olympic qualification, Sometimes I get penalties because I hit too hard. Then next week I have to fight and try to come back, and I even can you know can hit hard because I always think about you know get penalty. Yeah. And karate come is not about get penalty. You know, you knock people out, you get bonus. So you know. Yeah, and then the thing of it is, I mean, I know you know about it uh, being in the New York area. Um, you know, they they had a lot of before the the ban on mixed martial arts was lifted. If martial artists wanted to fight in 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 true martial arts uh, competition outside of the kickboxing rules and stuff, they had to go to these underground things, you know, where where rules were varied and and things like that. So, um, do you think, like, in your opinion, obviously, uh, from someone like myself that that knows about Okinawan karate and 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 uh, seeing the sparring and the way you guys fight, do you think karate combat is uh, the best representation of karate uh, in the modern era? It's a representative because karate was meant to, to, for self-defense. It's a martial art, but it's a self-defense, you know? Yeah. And uh, self-defense, if you see in Okinawa, when, when people, uh, when, you know, when we train, we train like at the Makiwara, they hit really hard at yeah. the Makiwara, you know? Yeah. But after when you go to the competition, they not allow you to, you know, to punch Uki hard, you know? Yeah, and uh, I mean... Oh, oh. They make it like a sport, but the karate combat, they allow you to hit hard. So that makes it a little bit real than, uh, than just a sport karate. 
Yeah, and also, I mean, with the you're allowed to do uh, uh, more more trips and, and throws, which a lot of times, yeah. like when I when I early when in my younger days and when I I did the point fighting competition, if I threw somebody, I was penalized. Like you said, it was considered too yeah. rough. So, um, I mean, I I think that the rule set in karate combat uh, allows for probably the truest form of of competitive karate outside of what it was initially uh, created yeah, for. Myself in karate combat and uh, any other any other competition I had competed before, because uh, I I even got penalized and at the world championship at the semifinal after winning uh, four matches in semifinal against England, I was representing U.S. and that was in uh, that was in uh, Poland at the world championship. Uh-huh. I I punched him in the face. He got he knocked out and I got I got disqualified and he, I was a semifinal at the world championship after I beat. Uh, I beat uh, Czech Republic, beat Spain, beat Germany, and uh, beat, uh, beat Sweden. Then I lost in semifinal against England because I knocked him out. You know, wow. it was not by purpose; it was by accident. Yeah, know? yeah, definitely. And, uh, and then after when you tell people I got disqualified because I hit this guy too hard, who I knocked him out, and the sport fighting, they're gonna be like, "What kind of sport fighting is that?" Yeah, yo, no, that, that's definitely so. At least now. Now in karate combat, you don't have to worry about that. If, if you... No, you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about that. <laughs> so that's great. So um, I guess uh, when you uh, you said you're always in shape, so I'm sure making weight and all that is not an issue. But uh, will you know after, uh, depending on the outcome on Thursday, will you know uh, when you're going to be able to be in a challenge match for the golden title? Well, we will see what uh, what's gonna happen in, on Thursday. I'm going for the win, mm-hmm. but uh, I they really uh, you know they haven't tell me explain to me how the golden is gonna go. But I'm really focusing to this fight to win this fight because each of my match I'm going to win it. You know. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you've been yeah, doing well so far. <laughs> so, do you uh, do you um one, one last question before I let you go? Um, so I, I notice when I look at the roster for for Karate Combat, a lot of there's a lot of competitors that train that come from Shotokan. Have, has that been uh, something that you see as a plus for you, or are you looking for varied disciplines of karate when you're when you're looking at future opponents? Uh, say, say that again. I didn't hear the question. The, if the uh, most of the roster in Karate Combat seems to be Shotokan competitors, do you, do you mm-hmm. think that benefits you more? Well, it 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 benefits me a little bit, but uh, at the same time, like I said, it's, it's kind of different. I need to adjust myself to fight each of my opponents because it's not all my opponents have to be in that uh, short account. They, some of them I should tell you, some of them I should tell you, you know. But uh, at the same time, my my uh, basic uh, my base of short account helped me a lot for you know fight any different uh, kind of fighter, you know. All right. Fair enough. So, thank you so much for your time. I know you have to uh, get ready for your for your travel. Good luck on Thursday. I look forward to seeing you fight uh, Karate Combat Hollywood on January twenty fourth. Good luck to you, sir. Thanks. Thank you. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Hey, y'all. East Coast Ed here. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can be a monthly supporter for as little as 99 cents a month. This podcast will always be free, but if you help Matt and I out, 
for future episodes. Supporters will be shouted out on the show and large supporters will be randomly selected to do predictions for a big pay-per-view event in the future. So please click the support tab and enjoy the show.